Welcome into the ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, since it's 404 Day, we will tell you exactly what teams represent Atlanta right now, today. And for the last 10 games, the Hawks have put dubs and L's on repeat. But tonight, they got to go all the way up and stay there. And last but not least, and for the culture, Dr. Jill Biden said, what? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about it being 404 day. Like a, a lot of things come to mind. You talk about the music game, obviously, and and what the 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 the, the stamp that has been put on the in the music game, specifically hip hop. And this is the hub, right? This is the capital of it. But I think one of the things that's kind of fitting, you know, today for us to kind of celebrate 404 day is the fact that look at our team, look at the local teams, look at the local professional teams and say, you know what? Who represents the 404? To the fullest, to the to the most, like and I think that, you know, to me when I started looking at all the different teams, see, I started to think about the Atlanta Braves, right? Like I have to start there because that's what that's the team that I really feel like the swag and, and just the confidence because you can even even hear Austin Riley hitting that absolute bomb yesterday and just them talking about it after the game, I, like, hey, we are the lineup. This is. We are a, a formidable opponent. Like Austin Wright talking about, yeah, most teams got a one through five, and then you kind of tail off. He was like, nah, one through nine, any guy can change the game with one swing of the bat. And when you think about that confidence, and, and nephew Ronnie saying that, hey, Matt Olson uh, called called the shot. Like, now nah, he didn't call the shot, but you know he called the shot in, in batting practice. Like, yeah, Matt Olson gonna hit one today, and then he ended up going ahead and doing that. You know, Matt Olson thought that was, you know. You might have been, you know, uh, hamming it up a little bit. But I think just that swag, that confidence that, that the Braves have, T, I think they get my vote. That's the first team that comes to mind when you think about, like, who represents the A like it's supposed to. Down to the uniforms. I mean, there's an A on everything. Baseball, yes, cap, absolutely. everything small. The lowercase A makes you think of the Braves. And if I was at my home studio, I'd show it to you because that's what I have in my home studio. And the Southeast Never had a major league baseball team. Still don't. There's no team in Mississippi. There's no team in Alabama and certainly not a team in my home state. So really the Braves have always been my favorite team before I even got here, because that's what, that's the team I I saw on air every single day that they played right growing up. Yes. Yeah. The Braves are it. Please miss me with the whole angry Cobb County situation. They will always be the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, so no doubt. Yeah, with for all sure. that, and, and when we pull up on Cobb County, you don't see Cobb County Braves. You see Atlanta because that is who they really, really are for each and every one of us. And like you said, you're starting to see a team slowly but surely 
morph into the identity of this city. You see Ronald Acuna Jr. who's had swag from day one with the chain and the hat to the back. Absolutely. You go. see Austin Riley bringing that swagger like, I dare you to compete with us because I know we are that team. And of course, your rookie of the year, Michael Harris II, homegrown and unapologetically, you know, they call themselves the troublemakers. That's yep. what the rookie class from last year calls themselves. And they embrace that thing. I feel like yeah. that team, the philosophy, the organization, they embody everything that is Atlanta. And and listen, when you think about the fl- the flack that this sports base has received about being fair weather and by other for, for, sports fan bases coming mm-hmm. into the city and taking over. Like when you go to a Falcons game, Play the, if they're playing the Bears and Steelers, it's a wrap. If you go yeah, to a Hawks game, yeah. it was so loud. Like, John Morant got the most applause when I was at that game a week ago. Right. But I would say the Hawks and, dare I say, United, you don't play at a United game. That is, those seven teams, those seven teams are deep, deep, deep. But the Braves, Jarvis, in all the years that I've covered them, in games I've gone to, in games I've watched on TV, I don't see anybody infiltrating a Braves game. That is Braves country. Not all happening. And that's why I say by far they represent the A the most. I can make a case, a little bit of a case for each of the other teams because I think there are some positives there, but it's it's the Braves. No question. Yeah, I think hands down, yeah, it's, it has to be the Braves because when you think about what they're being able to the start that they're getting off to this year and then obviously winning the World Series in 21 because, like, we've been spoiled, you know, and, and only got one World Series, but we've been spoiled about this team being really good. And I think that those years that they had to tear it down and, and get started and start, start all over again, I think those some of the things that we're looking back now, like, oh, man, I'm glad they did it then because yeah. – you know, this team is – when you're talking about the young talent that Alex Anthopoulos has accumulated and being able to bring up these guys through the system, Austin Riley coming up through the system, Ozzy, nephew Ronnie, uh, and, you know, even the young guys this year and Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd being able to pull from your yeah. – Pull from the farm team. Like, hey, we know we got some injuries, but, hey, we got this young cat that's, that's doing well in spring training. And I think that to be able to – have that homegrown, that homegrown talent coming up through the system like that. I think that speaks to what Atlanta is all about as well. And, and I think that we're more than happy to, you know, accept them as they come up and, and, and come up and, and get their chops, you know, going here in the major leagues. But T, I, I got to give a little quick shout out to the Falcons, right? Because you, do. Yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like talking to some of the free agents and t- talking to some of the guys that, that the Falcons have signed in this offseason, you know, it's one thing to be able to have a lot of money to go to just kind of spew all over all over there and just pick up a whole bunch of guys. But it's another thing that guys kind of meet the regime, the new regime and, and get good vibes from them and say, you know what? I really feel like I know these guys. I, I feel like I'm buying what they're selling. And I think that guys like Mac Hollins and and Calais Campbell are are guys who said who said that those are their words. They said that yeah, I rock with them, and I think that the vibes that that you know the Terry Fonda and Arthur Smith are creating kind of speaks to the city of Atlanta as well. Like hey, you know, we're getting a little crowded, but you know, you're more you're still kind of more than welcome to come down here and see if you can kind of last down here. But I think that you know. Being accepting and being and creating a culture or environment that you know that speaks to these players uh, that are shopping them their services, I think that that kind of speaks to the city as well. 
Well, that's why I think you could give the Hawks and United a nod because as up and down as the Hawks have been, now their diehards are their diehards. And going back to what makes the Falcons, what puts them in that conversation, it's the same for the Hawks. There were times, what, three years ago where before Clint Capella arrived here, we, we literally said, no free agents coming here, not a big time free agent. And right. at the time, Clint Capella was right there, you know, like kind of A minus, B plus, if you will, but still considered in the pantheon of big free agents. They mm. got him and he has produced dividends. DeJounte Murray said when he was on his way here, this is pretty much the only city he looked at. He wasn't right. entertaining offers. He right. took, he pointed at Atlanta. That's where he wanted to go. When the Spurs and Greg Popovich said, hey, we're about to get into a rebuild. If you don't want to stay, we understand. This is what he chose. And I feel like the Hawks are going to be in position with a a high end. Like you got an A-lister for a coach. And that takes nothing away from Nate McMillan because he was probably A minus B plus lister as well. But you got Quinn Snyder, whom everybody was after. Everybody respects too. Exactly. Now you've got coaches, a a head coach, and even assistant coaches like Nick Ben Exel, who's who's returned. Kyle Korver, who knows what the culture of the team is about in the franchise and is willing to be a part of the build, I think that gives them a case of honorable mention, at least. And United, international players embrace coming here. Yorgos Yakamata was excited to come here. Tiago Almada, excited to come here. And these guys are at the top of their game playing lights out in MLS. So that's why I think I said overall it's the Braves by far, but the other teams, you know, they're chugging along in terms of how they rep for the for the 404. Absolutely. And you think about the environment that's been created by Atlanta United. They had to tear some things down a little bit, you know, kind of retool some things on the fly. And now they you start like, oh, okay, that's what y'all have going on. So, yeah. And, you know, the 17s are coming in full effect at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, And like I said, there's no one infiltrating that environment whenever United plays. So we can forget about that. But, T, before we get out of here, I got to bring this up. Andrew Jones, uh, number 25, will no longer be available for the Atlanta Braves because the 10-time Gold Glove winner will be getting his jersey retired on September the 9th, T. And when you think about – what that means for your jersey to be retired by the team that you played for and the team that you established yourself as probably one of the better defensive center fielders in the game at that time, in that that era. Does this mean that it may push this case or push his case towards kind of like, hey, maybe we should give more consideration for him being in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and he is getting closer and closer to that trip to Cooperstown. And I do feel like this is something where, you know, it's when I was looking across national outlets, for example, it was top news. It was breaking right. news. So yeah. it to to see that that makes headlines outside of this city tells me that there are writers who appreciate what he's done. He's getting closer to that crazy number that is required like major league baseball they've got some criteria that just outdo any other league but yeah i do think this is a good look i love that the braves are doing this i think that is going to pay dividends for andrew jones and one of these days we'll be calling him baseball hall of famer and not just braves hall of famer andrew jones yeah i I think you know as whatever it takes for him to get into consideration because when you think about being one of the best if not the best defensive center fielder like like if you if that if you're in that conversation 
you know, uh, just from a, a casual baseball fan, um, so to speak, mm-hmm. I, you have to be in a conversation to, you know, be in the Hall of Fame because you one of the best of your era. And I think that's my criteria for getting into the Hall of Fame. And I think he definitely checks the box on that particular one. Now, speaking of checking the boxes, how about this? Getting some money. Because we want you guys to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is the number one sports book in America. And guess what? If you're a new customer, they have the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're out here losing your pants trying to bet on the uh, the, the, uh, the, the tournament or you, you lost some money last night with, with the uh, UConn and San Diego State Aztecs or you took the under or the over or whatever, man. They're going to take care of you. No sweat first bet. That's all you got to do to check it out. Now, you can also, you know, do the money line. Threes drained. Uh, points scored. Over-unders. All of this stuff they have right there just for you. The Sportsbook app is very safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. So, no worries. No flu gaziness. Now, plus you can um, – FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So, what I want you to do is make sure that you go check out the No Sweat First Bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, we are hoping that the Hawks make every moment count as they take on the Bulls tonight. They're up in the winning for the final tilt of the season. And we know in the first two games it was a back and forth where the Bulls won the first game in overtime. Hawks won by two in the second game. Bulls actually won by 11 in the third game. So the Hawks really need this just to split the season series because, of course, they've got the Bulls. The Bulls are in 10th place. Hawks are in eighth, but they're just one game behind the Hawks in Mm -hmm. that scenario. And you're looking at the Raptors who take on the Hornets tonight. If they win, that's going to put pressure on the Hawks. So this is a must win for them. But I feel like one of the reasons – Although it's been up and down, win-loss, win-loss for the last 10 games, when we see them at their best, typically that's when we see the bench mob at their best. So we're talking about a group that scored 38 points, 14 rebounds. I think it was uh, four blocks and uh, four steals in the game against the Mavericks. And obviously the Hawks needed every last one of every bit of what they did in all 53 minutes. So for me, Jarvis, I feel like, of course, there's always going to be a need for someone to step up in the starting lineup. We certainly hope that Trey Young gets upgraded from questionable, which is where he stands right now with a non-COVID illness. But Mm -hmm. stepping away from the starters, how important is it for this bench mob, especially for Onyeka Okongwu to keep doing what he's doing inside for Bogdan Bogdanovich to get out there and hit those shots on the perimeter because we know the Bulls can hit as well. How important is it for Bench Mob 2.0 to really come in and be the difference tonight? I think Oyeka Okongwu is the guy is going to have to be the guy because when you think about the potential of Trey Young not being in there, obviously DeJounte will go to the one. More than likely, Bo is going to have to go into that that two guard spot, and then you know DeAndre Hunter still dealing with his issues, yeah. you know, so there might be some things with Sadiq Baby and at the three, yeah. so that's going to kind of deplete your guys that that's been doing it for you from that bench mob. So I think it's going to be a lot of weight is going to be on Yeka tonight in order to be able to get the job done because we know how important this bench is when it comes to the Hawks getting wins because the starters 
you know, hey, that can be a little shaky sometimes. So, and I think that you know the benches have been there pretty consistently after since the trade deadline is being able to pick that team up or pick those starters up. Excuse me when they are struggling, and I think that Double O is the guy that I feel like he can do that. And I'm going to go with A.J. Griffin because when you're out here hitting buzzer beaters as a rookie, and that's really when you started to come into your own. The Bulls know who A.J. Griffin is. Right. You know now. You know now. now. Yes, absolutely. We're starting to see him return to form. He's not quite there yet. I know he only had three points on Sunday, but there was a certain energy and there was a certain touch that I saw kind of coming back slowly, but surely in these last couple games. Defensively, 2T. I've been seeing a little difference there as well. So Yeah, Yeah, we're going to absolutely need A.J. tonight to be the A.J. we saw in those first couple of games against the Bulls. And also, good to have Jalen Johnson back because you you need someone like him who can give it to you. And he's starting to hit some nice, quiet mid-range jumpers. He's starting to hit some threes as well. And you know he does not mind banging in the inside, which you're going to need as well. So I think that, like you said, Sadiq Bey is – obviously going to be a starter because we're not getting DeAndre Hunter. He was ruled out yesterday. So he continues Mm -hmm. to be day to day, but ruled out even yesterday. And Trey Young, of course, is 50-50 because every time we've seen this non-COVID illness questionable status earlier in the season, he's ended up being a game time decision, but he's always been out. So if he is, and DeJounte Murray moves to the one, Bogey plays the two, then you're talking about that much more pressure on those guys to step up double O, Step up your game. A.J. Griffin, step it up. And Jalen Johnson, really, I want to say with Jalen, keep stepping it up because he was out for about a week, came back, and he's still looking like the Jalen Johnson he was before he went out. Yeah, Jalen dealing with that lower body uh, area, you know, that that can be very yeah, painful, growing, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, you know, as a basketball player, because we mm-hmm. already know where a lot of that power and explosion comes from is when those guys out there are getting up and down that court. So to see him out there defensively being, you know, inserting himself into the game, and I think that that's the type of role that I feel like Quinn has defined for him yes. and clearly defined for him since Quinn has come on. And I think that I appreciate Quinn Snyder for doing it because a lot of times, you know, these guys need direction T. You know how it is when you're coming out one year of college, 19, 20 years old, and used to being the man and then – Not even a full year of college. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and not even a full – right. right. So these guys are literally super, super green. And then Jalen – coming through the G League, having go down to the G League and everything, not staying on the active roster in his rookie year, and, and all the expectations coming into this year, I think that he's really starting to uh, solidify himself as a guy that they're going to keep around going forward because he is he has the opportunity to really see some things in these past 21 games, and I think that Snyder has seen that in him, and he's defined, hey, this is what I want you to do and continue to do what you do. Yeah, and that'll be important – because, again, this is not just a critical game because of where the Hawks can land. Certainly do not want to be in that 10th spot by any means. We saw what happened last year when they were at the bottom of the bottom of the play-in round. Right, and then they exactly. get into that first round, but only to be ceremoniously dismissed by the Miami Heat. If you could avoid it, avoid it. So that's important. But how do they actually avoid it with Trey Young? Now, I believe that they can still win because Trey didn't necessarily have his best games against the Bulls this season. So to me, there's opportunity for the Hawks to prove that they can do this without Trey. Do we want Trey in? Absolutely. Anytime you can have Trey Young running the point, you want Trey Young running the point. But if you don't have him, Jarvis, 
can you do you believe i believe that the hawks have every opportunity to still win that game if everybody we just called out steps up but what do you think uh i don't expect them to because like you know i'm still no, no. I'm, yeah yeah expectations nah, that was out the window like if we get about, no 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 bad 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 host we don't do that no expectation but i do think that they can i do believe that they can do it because when you think about what DeJounte Murray, you know, going back into their role and, you know, back previously before DeJounte stepped into this thing, like we know that when Trey was out of the lineup, like it was more than, more than likely going to be an L. But I think that, you know, and this is not an indictment on Trey, right. like that ball tends to move a little bit better mm-hmm. when he's not in that lineup. And yeah. I think that they've been able to understand how to function without him in the lineup and that can be nothing but a good thing yeah. going forward and even and specifically in the playoffs in the postseason when teams are starting to really key in on him and the game slows down a little bit and they try to get the ball out of his hands and I think that being able to know how to function when he's out of that lineup I think is going to be a good nothing but a good thing because at the end of the day Chicago they like they're on the two game two game winning streak those guys mm-hmm. have been coming you know, uh, of these past few games. And I think that making sure that Zach Levine doesn't go off of 50, you know, it, it, it can be a key to the game as well, T. So right. I think that if they are making sure they continue to move the ball on offense and being involved mm-hmm. on defense or um, or have their mindset or locked in on defense, I think that will be a recipe for success for the Hawks against the Bulls. Yeah, I think so too. And if they can do anything, and I do mean kind of anything, uh, when you look at uh, DeMar DeRozan or um, I think it's um, – who am I thinking of? They're, they're big. Vucevic? Oh, uh, Vucevic, yeah. Yeah, Vucevic, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. So if they, that's th- those two have given them some challenges as well. So I think – and that goes back to what you were saying about the importance of Onyeka Okongwu because right. you're really going to kind of need that one-two punch from Clint Capella and Double O in order to control the paint. Because that was one of the areas, you know, we talk a lot about the perimeter, mm-hmm. but the Bulls had had a decent, yeah, they they kind of on the inside when they won the two games that they won, they definitely had some some positive. They were in the plus um, on the inside, so I think that's important too. And another thing I was thinking about as well, you make a great point about what the Hawks look like without Trey. And one of the things that we have seen, even with Trey in the games of late, but one of the things we have seen is. DeJounte Murray getting back to form. And when I say getting back to form, meaning he's been responsible for being out there and making plays on the defensive end, right? Even as he got his offensive, his his touch back on the offensive side of the ball, on defense, we're starting to see him return to form. Mid-range game looking real sweet right now. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, it's looking real sweet right now. It's so great to see the two-way DJ back and then Mm -hmm. to see Sadiq Bey embracing the opportunity to make key plays. He doesn't have to be a lockdown defender on the perimeter. That's not what we're asking him to do. That's not kind of who he is. But if he can get on the perimeter, get outside like he did at the most critical juncture against Luka Doncic a couple days ago, those are the types of things you want. You just want him to make it difficult for any of the Bulls perimeter shooters so that they don't catch rhythm. Because really and truly, that was one of the things that we didn't really get a chance to kind of deep dive into the numbers, but the Hawks were able to keep the Mavs to like 25, 27% from deep. Yeah, yeah. And then they had a respectable about 35%. And I say respectable from the Hawks because we know the ups and downs, but yes. if you can even get in the ballpark of keeping the bulls in the twenties or the low, low thirties from the perimeter, I think that's probably a recipe for a win as well. Yeah. Closing out is going to be key 
for for the Hawks and, and stand stand on stand on your feet as well because sometimes they can get a little bit too aggressive and like obviously you know you don't want to get the team and get into the bonus and go into the free throw line because that can those are easy points for professional basketball players and, and then we know that a lot of times the Hawks are looked at as team looked at as a team that not necessarily going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to getting those calls so that 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 different that win margin kind of uh, dwindles when you have a team consistently going to the free throw line, especially against the Hawks. Yeah, this is the time for the Hawks to keep their heads and keep their wits about them because that is going to be a dogfight in the Windy City tonight. And speaking of keeping your head, you want to know what Locked On Sports today thinks about UConn keeping their head last night when the they were up, of course, up about seventeen. And then it's down to five. And those guys really stayed the course and were able to get the men's title. And, of course, we know LSU did the same a couple days before that. But you know what I think Locked On Sports today is going to be talking about? The same thing that we are going to be talking about on FTC. Are we giving everybody trophies? Like LSU should go to the White House as well as Iowa? If you want to hear their take on it, you should probably check out Locked On Sports today. They're talking about that and really all of the big stories of the day. They're probably talking about the Braves, too, because, hey, Braves are top their top shelf right about now. So just like you do always, stop by ATL Day 1's first. We'll give you For the Culture, then you can stop by Lockdown Sports today, and they'll give you take of the day. And, of course, you can check them out just like you check us out on YouTube and, of course, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, we want to give all the people that do, that do listen to our podcast and watch us on YouTube a special Thank you, thank you, thank you, because we have reached 6,000 subscribers, T. We are there. We have accomplished it. And we really appreciate you guys for rocking with us and, and continue to, you know, do, I know you guys get tired of me asking to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, it doesn't stop here. You know, we, we're going for 7,000 now. So, hey, like, y'all just got to get used to me out here begging, like Keith Sweat, out here for some for some subs. So we appreciate you guys for continuing to rock with us. We never take that for granted as you guys come and, and, and check us out each and every day. But, T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down. Today is no different. How about this? Dr. Jill Biden. <clears throat> First lady, for those you don't know, if you've been living up on a rock or out, out of the country, we know people you know rock with us outside of the United States on this podcast. I'll be seeing no downloads you know, up in the Indonesia. I see. I see y'all be checking y'all out. I know how y'all get down. But anyway, I think that when you talk about or think about when I initially saw this, I, I started to get into a sports broadcasting mode like, ruff, 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 ruff. what is this? You know, but I kind of had to sit outside myself because of the person that I'm married to. She has a doctor in front of her name as well, and she's an educator. So, you know, a lot of times when it comes to educators, they don't like for people to feel left out when it comes to everything because they're all about equality and, and inclusion and making sure everybody's involved and, you know, doing what needs to be done or getting the resources that they need in order to be able to do what they need to do, and that's getting the education. And I get that, and I understand that. However, this is sports. There are tears to this thing. There are classes like, hey, there are going to be some times where you're told you, you, that you suck. And I've been told that I suck and I can't no longer play anymore. So, yeah, you have to get used to it because that's what it is. That's just how sports is. There are life lessons to be learned. And I think that for Dr. Jill Biden to sit up here and say to invite Iowa and LSU to the White House tea, like 
she is literally trying to poke a hornet's nest right now because we know what's going to come with this if this were to happen. We know probably more than likely it probably won't. For the fact of her to just fix her mouth and say it, T, it's just, it's just like, like, no, no, sorry. Yeah, there are so <laughs> many things that come to my mind. There is, you know, um, treating your kids like everybody's a winner, being tone deaf, starting the worst trend oh, possible and not word. understanding the moment. So <laughs> yes. let me start by saying to her as a mother, don't you think that there's a lesson in more in loss than you giving your child a trophy for being a runner up? Help me to understand, because that's basically what you're doing to Iowa. You're saying, hey, yeah. runners up. Hey, team that hey, got here's this privilege. Here, take this. We know you didn't earn it, but here. As the team who beat you. <laughs> right, as exactly. The team who literally like blew everybody out of the water the entire tournament, but say, hey, you, the one that didn't get on the podium, hey, we're going to put you on the biggest stage, just like we're going to put the guys, the girls, no pun intended, but the girls on the stage. So does San Diego State get to come? I'm just checking, you know, asking yeah, for a friend. Do the Eagles get to go when the Chiefs go? Just asking for a friend. Yeah, That's where I say that's a bad trend to make. I, I don't understand her rationale. None of it makes sense to me. No, this has doesn't. never been done. And yes, there are going to be times in life where precedents do get set. Things have never been done. And it's a good look. I just really do not think this is a good look because we live in and everybody gets a trophy society. And to me, that feels like everybody gets a trophy. Now, that's part one. Part two is your tone deaf, because this is an issue that unfortunately has gone into a racial space. It yep. has gone back into that space. And so here's this team that everybody's kind of treating like, you know, the great white hope. If you're watching Twitter and what people mm -hmm. are saying because of Caitlin Clark and what the make demographic of that team is, whereas the vilifying of a team that has predominantly black players like LSU and the team that preceded them out of the SEC, South Carolina, got vilified and has been blasted to kingdom come this entire season. So Jill Biden as the first lady, that feels tone deaf to a community of African-Americans that have supported you tremendously. And I'm here to tell you whether that's it's you right or wrong, that's become the narrative around that basketball the women's basketball tournament and how things played out in those last couple of games. So I think you have to be very, very careful. You probably didn't mean to step in political. Okay. You probably didn't mean to step into, I'm trying to be nice, a mosh pit, but you did. And yeah, I think you, you really need to step out of this because last I checked Jarvis, this is also the first time I ever heard a first lady come out and talk about who she is or who the white house should and should not invite. I think that you keep it where it is, let the president make that invitation because it's the highest position in the land saying to the team that rose to the highest occasion that we're going to, we're going to applaud you. Otherwise, and I am not trying to be funny and certainly not trying to be political, but three years ago, four years ago, when there was a presidential race, and I'll even take it back to 12 years ago, your husband was the runner up. Last I checked, he didn't get a Democratic nomination. Mm -hmm. But when he won it, he won it. He got to walk across that field, when that stage, when he got that Democratic nomination. And when he won the White House, the runner-up didn't get to walk with him. 
Yeah. Runner up That's not how it works. Over yeah. Him not, it because, work like that. yeah. And again, not trying to be political, simply giving an example that maybe makes a little bit more sense in terms of winners win and winners get acknowledged. Runners up, go back to the drawing board to try to be winners the next year. Absolutely. And, and when you think about, you know, as we celebrate 404 Day T, I, I think before we, it would be, it would be very critical that we get this out before we get out of here and, and say goodbye to you all um, until tomorrow. But the question I have to ask you, and I'm going to give my answer, and I'm going to let you get yours first. Like, what song, Atlanta song, speaks to you to say, you know what? That is so Atlanta. So for me, I had an opportunity to meet Jermaine Dupree, one of the legends. And I told him this morning after he came into the studio, because of course we got four mics, right? And typically when we have a guest, I have to step away. So I asked him if it'd be okay for him to move. And he was like, that's fine. So whenever I was doing my flash, I think his phone went off and a beat came on. (laughs) And so he was like, all right, girl, I gave you some sound effects for your flash. I was like, right. Bet. So that was yeah. kind of a cool moment. But I also told him that when I, the very first trip I ever took to Atlanta, like that's so, so deaf billboard. Oh my God. Like that yeah. is, that's what I remember. Like I felt mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm really here. Like I'm really in, in Atlanta, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, his song, Welcome to Atlanta, the remix, all of it. Like that is so Atlanta to me. Yeah. Got it. I mean, that, that was one of the thing one of the songs that I thought about, but I think for me, I got to go back a little bit further, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about, you know, the music game and what Atlanta is right now and where it came from, I go back to where it came from. Mm -hmm. And I I believe it wholeheartedly. It started when Andre Three Stacks was at that 95 Sauce Awards. You know, if you you read the source, you know what I mean when I say the Mm -hmm. Sauce Awards. And he said the South got something to say. So that Southern playlist, the Cadillac music joint, like that whole album. Oh, my goodness. I'm talking about like, yeah, so that would have to be the song for me because I feel like that started when he said that and that album was already out. Mm -hmm. When he went to that podium, when he said that, I was just like, yeah, this is it's time. And, yeah. and it's been time ever since. Been, and no yeah. no other city has been able to catch up. And I, I think that those guys, the outcasts of the world and Jermaine Dupree, all those people, they are Atlanta. And when you're talking about 404 Day, that's what we're celebrating. That's why we're lifting those guys up. Cause what they've been able to do to establish themselves, establish a culture down yeah, here I in Atlanta. Say, yeah, they are the original <laughs> for, for the, the culture. Absolutely. <laughs> speaking of original, you know, we want to thank all the original people that have downloaded and listened to our podcast and made it their first listen of the day. Remember, all you got to do for your second listen is go check out Locked On Sports Today. They got all the news and everything that they, that you want. And the national news, they talk about UConn winning the national championship, and they also talking about LSU. And all that flu gazing is going on in the aftermath of their championship as well. You can find it wherever you found this podcast or download this podcast. It's free and available wherever you download your podcast. And last but not least, before we get out of here, I have to say this, people. If you don't do anything else in life, make sure that you first share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.